and bring it, right? Yeah, study the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Grow in the Word of God. Apply the Word of God. Amen? Let's, David said, uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Some of us have hidden that word so good, we can't find it. So we need to get back in there and look around. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Turn the light on. Get in the word of God. Look at your neighbor and say, get in the book. Amen. Let's stand together one more time. You got your Bible with you. Let's hold it up and make a confession together. Yeah. Hold that Bible up and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand this morning. Praise Him. Father, we exalt you. Amen. How are you excited about what God's doing in your life? Amen. I mean, you're excited. You, you can see, you can recognize the hand of God moving in your life and in your situation. You know, I realize there are days, there are moments, it, and, and try to limit it to that. Don't, don't make it a, you know, like a lifestyle, but there, there are days when it's hard to recognize uh, God's involvement. You, you feel alone, you feel uh, out there, you feel, you know, like, like overwhelmed. That's just a moment. It's like, you know, Scott was talking about the wind blowing. Just keep your roots in and begin to look to, uh, for what God's doing. God is moving in you, through you, even in spite of you. God is moving in your life and in your current situation. And his plan is to bring you to a final outcome that's better than your current condition. Amen? God's taking you to a better place, right? Have you ever heard Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. There's a hope of a future that God is pulling you towards. He's out ahead of you. He's, he's carving out a path. The Spirit is here to lead and to guide you into the truth. God's taking you to a great place. Sometimes you've got to look. Because the enemy wants to do everything he can to cause you to not be able to see God's movement, activity in your life. The enemy wants you to think you're on your own or that you've made too many mistakes or you've made all the wrong choices or that you've taken the wrong path. He wants to introduce the second thought so that you won't have the confidence and the faith to stand there believing and expecting God to come through. See, the enemy wants to lie to you and tell you that you're not going to make it. But God looks at you. God has more faith in you than you've ever had in him. He has taken destiny and purpose and victory, placed it inside of you, and he believes that you're going to come up to the top and do what he's called you to do. God believes in you. Look at your neighbor and say, God believes in you. How many of you remember the scripture in Proverbs that says the power of life and death are in the tongue? The power of life and death, right? The power of death and life are in the tongue. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I don't think we, we get it, that we need to release that life through our confession. It's like when we stand and make that confession, I am what this says I am. Well, man, you start believing that. Don't stand there and just say it because I told you to. Start, start believing that. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. Trust me, if God said I can do it, sit down, be quiet, I'm going to do it. Because God said I could. It's not only permission, it's ability. Right? I got what I need to do what God's called me to do. I can get it done. 
Start, start believing that and realize that even in the moments when you feel you're all alone and you're overwhelmed, just realize God is at work. Good things, good things are going on. Amen. Good things. Look at your neighbor and say, good things. How many realize that you have been given a dynamic power? 2 Timothy 1.7. Open your Bible and look there. 2 Timothy 1.7. We're not going to put every scripture on the screen. We want you to get in that book. Right? So open it up. Go to 2 Timothy 1.7. Check it out. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But he uh, has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given us timidity. We're not supposed to be afraid. You, you know, you study that book, you're going to find out that there's, there's 365 places in the Bible where it says, be not afraid, fear not, be not, you know, uh, 365. That's one for every day of the year. Why would God tell you don't be afraid? Because it's going to be scary. Right? It's got, it, 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 could, it can be, how many of you know, you can't be a sissy and walk in the purpose and plan of God. Christianity is not for weak people. Right, it's going to take some guts, some intestinal fortitude. It's going to take some courage. Courage is the ability to move even when you are afraid. Okay? So it's going to be scary, but don't be afraid. God hasn't given you that fear, but he's given you power. He's given you power. Everybody say, I've got the power. You, don't you believe the word of God? If God said he's, he's given you the power, then you've got power. Right? That word there is dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It's an explosive power. One of the great definitions of this word is that it is the ability to produce a change. God has given you the ability to produce great change. I said God has given you the ability to produce great change. You understand that you are not a victim? Well, maybe we need to spend some time here. So you go, what? Say what? Yeah, I am. None of this stuff is my fault. It's the devil. <laughs> no, you're not a victim. Now, you, have, you have the ability to produce great change. If things aren't going a particular way, if they're not in agreement with the word of God, change it. Change it. Every relationship you've ever been in, you've, you've come out hurt. You know, you've been in 35 relationships and you've been hurt every time. You've been to 17 churches hurt every time. Is it possible that the change needs to take place in you? Right? That you can produce a change and end up with a different outcome. Right? Remember, you change the way you're thinking, then you'll be changing the way you're living. Change the way you think, you'll change the way you see. Change the way you see, you're going to change the way you live. Change the way you live, you're going to get a different outcome. Right? You have the power to produce great change. You've got power inside of you you don't, you don't even understand. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, has quickened or brought to life you. Man, you, you got power. You, you got power. I know a lot of people getting together praying for power. <laughs> you don't need more power. You got enough power to blow the lips off the front of your face. You have plenty of power. You got plenty of power. You need more gospel. You need more understanding. You need more, more education. You need to understand how to, how to activate the power that you've got. Oh, I wish we could see miracles. You know, the power you have is miraculous working power. But miraculous power isn't needed in normal situations. Miraculous power is not needed in a boring situation. 
So I guess to see the miraculous, you're going to have to experience the difficult. Right? You want the power? You want to see, you want to see the power of God? Quit trying to get out of trouble. Get in some. You're asking God to, you know, to, I, I need peace. I need peace. I need peace. You know, uh, I understand that mentality, but, but listen to me. And please try, try to wrap your mind around what I'm saying to you this morning. Uh, really, what you need is victory so that you won't be dictated or motivated by the fear that isn't from God. You, you might be in a... Uh, situation and the boat's rocking and you would like to see the peace but first you got to get the peace in here before you can produce it out there right you uh, you need peace in here well what is that that is the recognition of the power that you currently possess you don't have to be afraid if you understand the power that you currently possess because you realize that the power that you currently consist is greater than the than the storm that's trying to compass you so, so the wind's blowing, but inside it ain't. See, when the wind's blowing inside, again, it's, it's not that you need peace. You need revelation. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. If God be for me, who gives a rip who's against me? Right? If God be for me, who cares who's against us? If God be for me, then I, it's cool. Right? I, need, I need a revelation. I need an insight. I need an understanding. Which is why we go to the Word of God and it says, you know, in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word truth. Study. Study. So that when you say, I am who God says I am, well, who did God say you am? If you don't know who He says you am, then you stand there saying, I am who God says I am. But even your enemy knows that you don't even know who you am. See, if you, if you am who God says you am, why don't you act like you am? How come you ain't living like you am? Well, God says I'm healed. Then live like you're healed. God says you're restored. Then live like you're restored. God says you're a victor. Then live like you got victory. Right? You bought a t-shirt and a bumper sticker and thought that would get you over. Man, all that did to get you in trouble. Have you ever, you know, I shouldn't say that. I was going to talk about people that got Jesus on their bumper, but they ain't got him in their heart. And it's pretty obvious when they're giving you the bird. <laughs> they're trying to run you off the street and shoot you in the head, and they got Jesus on the bumper. Man, let's get a revelation in our heart. I am who God says I am, but I got to study to find out who God said I am. Right? I can do what God said I can do, but I need to read the book and find out what he said I can do. A lot of stuff, you're thinking God told you you could do it, and if you go read the book, you'd find out he never said that. He never told you to do that. You know, you know every now and then, you've got to ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I? That's a good question right there. What am I doing? And who told me to do it? Get in agreement with the Word of God. Study. Show yourself approved unto God. Show, you, show that you are in agreement with God. I don't need to get my grandma to agree with me. I don't need to get daddy to agree with me. I don't, I don't need to get my neighbor to agree with me. Matter of fact, most of the time, those people will not agree with you. Come on, you know what it's like when you really start getting in alignment with the Word of God and you start living like the book tells you to live. There's all kinds of voices out there shouting at you. It can't be done. 
When you say, I'm going to walk in victory, even though it don't look like it, smell like it, feel like it, taste like it, I'm going to walk in victory, act like, a, like I've got victory. The whole world's shouting at you, it can't be done. But honestly, the people shouting it can't be done ought not interrupt the people who are doing it. You, you got a louder voice. You, you need to humiliate hell. You need to live to humiliate hell. When hell is shouting at you, telling you that you should sit in a corner and cry, you ought to stand up and laugh and just refuse to allow the enemy to dictate the weather pattern in your world. Amen? Got plans for the weekend, you're all upset because it's raining. Well, hang on 45 minutes. That's going to change. Right? You know it's going to change. It, I'm cold. Well, it, in three weeks from now, you'll be whining because you're so hot. That's going to change. Don't you think it's time you did? Take the power that God's put in you, change you, be different. Walk in victory. Study the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Hosea 4, 6 describes the only power that has the ability to take you out. God speaking, He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God talking my, about his people. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Well, the other side of that coin is that if you'll pursue knowledge, you'll position yourself to where you cannot be destroyed. Right? Make your calling and election sure for those guys that do these things shall never fall. You can't be taken out when you're on track with God. If you understand your purpose, your destiny, your calling, your gifting, your, if you've got that, you are invincible. And that's why the enemy is trying to separate you from the understanding. Mark 4.24 in the Amplified Bible. Mark 4.24 says, The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the amount of power and virtue that comes to you. The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. You know, are you giving thought and study to the Word of God? What are you listening to? What are you applying yourself to? You know, if, if, you, if you know all the words of Bon Jovi, but you can't remember one word of God, you need to change your study path. Oh, now, you walk around and rap till the sun goes down, but you, you can't unwrap one verse. Well, maybe, maybe you just focus on the wrong thing here. Maybe you're an easy target. The Message Bible calls it sideshow distractions. You know, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're just so dense. I mean, the answer to every problem, right there in that book. The strength you need to overcome, it's right here in the book. You know, as you increase your knowledge, you increase your strength. As you increase your strength, you increase your victory. As you increase your victory, you increase your influence. Well, no wonder the devil wants to keep you separated from that book. He wants to tell you that reading the Bible is hard. Uh, I, I read it and read it and I don't get anything out of it. That's the devil lying to you and you eating it up. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, neither can he, for they are foolishness to him. But you ain't building up your natural man, you're building up your spirit man. And there's going to come a point that your spirit man is going to get strong enough to take the lead. But right now, your natural man's leading every step of your journey. Why? Because your spirit man is starving to death. Well, I come and I, I, you know, I come to church. You come and invest uh, an hour of, of uh, preaching out of the week compared to your 42 hours of TV. You know, 
Man, find a primetime show that hasn't got homosexuality, hasn't got, uh, you know, totally out of control lifestyle, hasn't got sin everywhere, and th those, are, those are the people that you've invited into your house. Oh, man. Start the car. We, we might have to get out of here fast. <laughs> yeah, who, 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 are you bringing to, who are you bringing into your life? Now, uh, trust me, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, turn the TV off. I don't, go ahead and watch whatever you want. But the least you can do is crack that book. Act like a believer. Know what God said. I said, know what God said. Look at your neighbor and say, we're making a tape for people who aren't here. Amen. The devil keeps reminding you of stuff from the past and failures that you made. But what about 2 Corinthians 5.17? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The, the, the Amplified Bible says he is new altogether. Altogether new. In other words, that old guy, he's gone. I'm a new guy. Right? I'm a brand new species. You're something that the devil ain't ever had to deal with before. See, the enemy could get you before, but he can't get you now because you're a new guy. But if you don't have the shift, if you don't, if you don't, you know, move over into the new thing, then you're trying to deal with life with the old thing, even though you got the new thing there. It's kind of like having a new car in the garage, but continuing to drive the old one. Never take the new one out. You brag about it. You got pictures in your wallet of it, but you never drive it then what good is it? Well, I'm, I'm going to keep it because I'm, I'm going to keep it new. It's still used. Right? It's in the car. It's in the garage. You got to get it out. The only reason it's of value to you is because it can take you from point A to point B. You got to get this new thing out. If any man be in Christ, he's totally new. Behold, old things are passed away, and all these new things are of God. You know, uh, they are fresh and new. Fresh and new. God has fresh and new things for you. Are you getting them? Are you using them? Are you applying them? Or is it the same old thing? See, here's the deal. Is that your family, when you go a week and a half and you haven't seen your mother-in-law, and a week and a half later when she sees you, you ought to be different than you were last time she saw you. She ought to look at you and say, why, 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 what's wrong with you? Why, why aren't you bothered about that thing? Because I know something now I didn't know last week. See, what I know now has positioned me in a place that I couldn't get to last week because last week I didn't know what I do know now. So now that I know what I know, I can do what I couldn't do. Since I can do what I couldn't do, I can go where I couldn't go. I can reach what I couldn't touch. Uh, everything's new now. Hello? Some of us have had problems for 25 years. We've been complaining about that problem 25 years. When are you going to learn something new? When, when are you going to get in there and study, show yourself approved of God, in agreement with God, rightly dividing the word of truth, demonstrating Satan's defeat, walking in your victory, telling the devil to sit down, shut up, it's my turn. Come on, guys. We got the power. You never say, I got the power. Use it. Right? See, God, he's showing you a picture of life. John 10, 10. I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Abundant life. Life to the full, till it top, till it overflows. We're talking about God life. God life. God life. Remember when you got born again? You were, you, you, you were given eternal life. Eternal life. I, I need to remind you, eternal life is not for when you're dead. 
You know how many people are under the impression that eternal life is for after they're dead? Too late. I mean, yeah, you went to heaven. Good for you. Too bad you suffered on earth. Eternal life is God's life, and it starts now. It replaces the old life with a new life. It's, I traded Tom life for God life. Hello, somebody? Instead of empty, I got full. Instead of weak, I got strength. Instead of dumb, I got smart. Right? Instead of, instead of constantly falling apart, I got, cannot be destroyed. How would I do that? I tap into God life. So God, he presents, it's like going to the grocery store, walking into Albertsons and heading down the, the aisle there and picking out a Betty Crocker and looking at the pictures on, on the box. And you find the one that looks good, you know, the, the, the chocolate frosting and, and, and it's got the little ropes going around the bottom. And you just, in your mind, you're tearing that thing apart, man. You're eating it already. And you take it home, you open up the box, you pour it out in there into a bowl, get a spoon, start eating. It ain't any good. Why? Because you saw the picture, but you didn't follow the recipe. Right? You, you, you didn't take time to do what the box said. You didn't read the instructions. You just looked at the picture. See, a lot of us are all frustrated, and we get upset. Well, God, life, it don't even work. Well, you saw the picture, but you didn't follow the instructions. You didn't, you didn't get a cake. You got a doorstop. Several years ago, Shelby's sister uh, decided to bless us, and she's going to bake us some brownies. We kept them around for two years and used them as a doorstop. They, it was beautiful. So every time she came over, I'd thank her, <laughs> holding the door open for me. She's trying to make brownies. What happened? She, didn't, she missed something in the recipe. Some of us have missed a little something in the recipe. We got something that doesn't even look anything like the picture. Then we're all frustrated. We act like it don't work. Like God's lying to us. God didn't lie to you. You probably messed up the, the recipe. You know, there are patterns. Call it recipe, pattern, formula, whatever you want. There are patterns in the Word of God that show how God works. You know, maybe the first pattern we need to understand is that God is a responder. Everybody say responder. God is a responder. See, people sitting around praying, asking God to do stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Wouldn't it be weird to find out that you prayed prayers you could have answered yourself? God is a responder. Well, if God wants me blessed, I guess he's going to bless me. That's not what the book says. God said he has blessed you. Now you've got to position yourself to connect to that blessing, right? You remember, remember the little kids playing baseball out in the field? And the ball would come. And I, I remember TJ when, when he was first starting in baseball, and TJ was fairly active. <laughs> he still is. He can't sit still. He's always moving. He's on the baseball field. We'd look out there, and he'd be doing cartwheels. This is the middle of the game. They'd hit the ball out there to him. You know, when he first started, they'd hit the ball out there to him. He'd watch it. He'd go right over him. Uh, you know, and then he'd walk over and pick it up and do a couple cartwheels and walk it in. You know, years go on, and, and, and pretty soon they hit the ball to him. He's catching it. Right? But there was a season when, when he, he, he was out there. He, that was his position, but he's still missing the ball. Some of, some of us, we got the right position. We are in Christ, but we're still missing the ball. Well, how, what do we do? Well, you learn to shift. Learn to catch the ball. Get the ball. You're in the game. You got the position, but that ain't good enough if you're still missing the ball. If I'm missing the ball, then I need to learn something. Now you can put TJ out in the outfield, and I've got news for you. He's going to get it. Right? 
After a while, enemy will try the same thing he's always done, but only now you got the ball. Right? God is a responder. Ask and you receive. If you're waiting to receive something, let me ask you something. What have you been asking for? Seek and you will find. God's a responder. What have you been looking for? What are you looking for? Are you always looking for the negative? Are you always looking for the thing that's wrong? Some people search for fault as if it were hidden treasure. Always digging around trying to find something. Well, keep, keep at it. You'll find it. It's there. What are you looking for? Think about it. When, the, the last time you were late and you had to get, be somewhere, but you couldn't find the keys to your car. What passion did you use to locate those keys? Come on now. You screaming at everybody in the house. Who took my keys? Because, you know, it wasn't I set them down somewhere. Somebody took them. I'm just sharing my life with you. Who took my keys? Who, who moved my keys? Somebody help me find my keys. Why? I'm late and I need my keys. We get pretty passionate, don't we? Some of you guys, you're running late and you ain't got the right key. Maybe you should be in passionate pursuit in this book to get the key. Find out what, where it is I got to position myself so that I can see the promise of God produced in my life. I guarantee you that when you do what he said, he will produce what he promised every single time. There are patterns that God uses in his word. The, the, the pattern of creation. Okay? God is a responder. But uh, Now, look at this second pattern. The pattern of creation. Have you, ever, have you ever studied creation, how this all worked? God decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to where he wanted to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. And what he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. You might have to buy the tape. Okay, he decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted it to come from. He spoke to where he wanted it to come from. What he spoke came out of what he spoke to. And what he spoke had to remain attached to what he spoke to in order to survive. Let me explain it. What does he want? He wants grass. Where do we want grass to come from? Dirt, because we got a lot of dirt. So God speaks to the dirt, but he doesn't say dirt, because if he said dirt, he'd get more dirt. He doesn't need more dirt. He wants grass. So he speaks to the dirt. What's he say? Grass. Up out of the dirt comes grass. Do a genetic study of grass. What is it? Dirt. If you separate grass from dirt, what happens? It dies. Okay? So God goes on. What, what do we want next? Well, let, let's, let's have cattle. So wait, where, are we gonna, where, where should we have cattle come from? Got a lot of dirt. So he speaks to the dirt. He says cattle. Poof. Up out of the dirt comes cattle. Right? He decided what he wanted. He said, where did I want to come from? He said what he wanted to what he wanted to come from. What he said came out of what he spoke to. Has to remain attached. Separate cattle from dirt. What happens? It dies. Think about it. Cattle eat grass. What is grass? Dirt. Separate cattle from dirt. They die. He, he goes on. What do we want next? Well, let's make fish. What? what Fish, that's cool. Let's get into that. Okay, what's that? Watery dirt. <laughs> right? So he speaks to watery dirt. Out of what watery dirt comes what he says. Then fish are swimming around. You separate fish from water or dirt. What happens? It dies. It's like going to Taco Bell. It's, it's Taco Bell, man. Taco Bell. These guys are geniuses. They got 73 menu items, five ingredients. Come on, you know it's true. What's a taco? That's a tortilla, ground beef, lettuce, cheese, and tomato. 
What's a burrito? That's a tortilla with ground beef and cheese. What are nachos? That's cut up tortillas with ground beef and cheese and gagamole. It's all the same thing. Next time you go to Taco Bell and they say, what would you like? Say, who cares? <laughs> What's cheapest? And I'll name it myself later. It's all the same thing. Got everything God made. Matter of fact, it's really cool when you think about it because when God made man, who did he speak to? He said, let's make man out of us in our image. Human is two words, humus and man. Humus is dirt, man is spirit. So he, he formed man out of the dust, but when he brought, uh, you know, when, when he put the spirit in him, he breathed, remember? And out of God came man. Separate man from God, what happens? He's going to die. So you got a process, a pattern. What do you want out of the thing you're talking to? Maybe you should change the way you're talking to it. Start saying what you want so what you want will come out of what you're talking to. Try this 30 days with your children. Look at your child, look him right in the eye and say, you are an obedient son. Well, you've been saying, you disobedient little brat, come here. And what are you getting? What, what are you getting? What you've been saying out of what you've been saying too. Hello, somebody. Change it. Change it. Let, let me show you a couple other patterns real quick. Uh, this one's cool. Matthew 14, 19. Look at this. Uh, Six or seven different places in the Bible that you're going to find this pattern. He commanded the multitude to sit on the grass, took the five loaves and two fishes, looking up to heaven. He blessed it, broke it, gave the loaves to the disciples and dispersed it. Look at chapter 26, verse 26. Uh, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to the disciples, and they dispersed it. Okay, here's a, here's a pattern that you need to recognize. This is a God pattern. This is a process that God operates in. He takes a thing, he blesses the thing, he breaks the thing, and then he multiplies the thing. He disperses the thing. You know, weren't you excited when God took you? When God picked you up out of the miry clay and set your feet upon a rock and dropped a new song, even praising God in your mouth, it, wasn't that exciting? When God translated you out of darkness into the marvelous light of his discern, weren't you excited? He took you and then he blessed you. Oh, happy day. And then when he broke you, you gave up. Wait a minute. God breaking me? You said that was the devil. You blamed it on, on bad people and mean people. But wait a minute. This is one of God's patterns. In order to increase your influence, to broaden your borders, God takes you, he blesses you, he breaks you, and then he increases you. But if you don't know the pattern of God, then when you're going through the breaking process, you're mad at God. And what's he doing? Answering your prayer. You, you bought the Jabez prayer book, started reading, God increased my borders. He started doing it, and then you got mad at God. Because the only way to increase your borders was to break you into pieces. God's going to take you, he's going to bless you, he's going to break you, and then he's going to disperse you. We don't like the breaking process. Toughen up, buttercup. You, 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 want, the out, you want God's outcome? Then you're going, to get, you're going to have to follow God's recipe. Well, I want God to multiply my influence. Well, then you're going to have to follow God's recipe. The only way to increase is through decrease. How, how, how? How do I increase my finances according to the word of God? You break your finances into pieces and you spread out the pieces. You take your money. You bless your money. You break your money. You multiply your money. Hello? Well, if the enemy can keep you ignorant, he, he can keep you from multiplying every area of your life. You won't increase your strength because you're afraid to be broken. 
You getting it? It's, it's God. It's, I see the picture. I want the cake. <laughs> I want the cake. I like cake. Look at your neighbor and say, cake is good. Okay. Well, then you've got to follow the recipe. You know, there, there might be things that you would stop praying for if you knew what it's going to take to get it. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever asked for breakthrough? <laughs> now you're afraid to answer. Not me. Okay. Okay, it won't break through. Okay, let's look at one more pattern. Uh, go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Oh, we got it on the screen. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up. Hey, they're having a party, and Jesus going to the party. And there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. It's a pool party. Everybody say pool party. Jesus going to the pool party which was called, in Hebrew tongue, Bethesda. And in, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. There's all kinds of people waiting for something at the pool party. Somebody turn on the jets. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Everybody say, troubled the water. Oh, come on, say, troubled the water. Okay, look at it. Whosoever then first at the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole. So the angel went down, troubled the water. Whoever stepped into the troubled water, the first one there, was made whole. Whatever dis-ease he had, whatever issue he had, breakthrough came after he stepped into the troubled water. So here's, I, I might have said this earlier to you already. Isn't it funny? You're trying to stay out of trouble, but breakthrough is always on the other side of trouble. If you won't step into trouble, you don't get the breakthrough that is on the other side. David's going to be elevated in life. What must he do first? Well, he's got to fight Goliath. What's that? Trouble. The three Hebrew children refuse to bend their knee. And what happens? Well, they fire up the furnace seven times. What's that called? Trouble. Jehoshaphat is going to take the land that God's promised him, but he's got armies gathered together against him that scholars say his odds were 10,000 to one. That is trouble. Right? How am I going to get the promise of God? By stepping into the trouble, not from running from it. You, you're out there praying and you bind in trouble. You, I bind you in Jesus' name because you want to stop the trouble. You can't stop the trouble. You've got to get in the trouble. Thank you for that incredible response. Well, I don't like trouble. Well, then quit complaining about not having breakthrough. I mean, come on now. Let's get educated. My people are destroyed because they're stupid. That's what the Bible said. Right? Lack of knowledge. They, they won't look at it. They're going to reject knowledge. And because they reject knowledge, then what I have for them is rejected from them. Right? Is that what the Bible said? Why? why? Well, you won't follow my recipe. You're not going to get the picture that's on the front of the box. You ain't getting cake. You're getting doorstops. You, you ain't getting victory. You're getting your whining party. Right? You ain't having Bible study. You're having a complaining session. You ain't shouting victory. You're crying out in the middle of the night. Help me, Jesus. And he can't because you won't go to where help's at. Well, I don't need no more trouble in my life. Yeah, you do. You need a lot of it. Some of you need to be an angel and stir up some trouble. Yeah, I, I, I should have you look at your neighbor and say, be an angel. Trouble. Produce some trouble. You need trouble. I said you need trouble. Some of you guys desperately need trouble. So you have a breakthrough, so you can have some victory, so you can have some joy, so you'd have a testimony. All you've ever had is test. You need a testimony. Do you realize that book would read totally different if David went out and beat up a midget? 
It would not have the same impact as if on the day that the three Hebrew children are going to the fiery furnace, the thing broke down. It wouldn't be the same if Jehoshaphat had a group of angry neighbors that swung by for a few moments to disrupt his party. What, what is the good news? That God pulls you all the way through. He elevates you over trouble. Even though you've been struck down, you ain't never struck out. Hey, we're pressed on every side, but we are not perplexed. We, you know, we, we are beaten up, but we're never defeated. That's the good news, guys. If you are afraid of trouble, you ain't going to get the breakthrough. If you won't follow the pattern, if you refuse to be broken, you won't be multiplied. If you won't speak life to the thing, then quit complaining about the death that's produced there. It's his process. Well, I want to do it my way. Well, I got one more scripture for you. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Death is not dead as in not breathing. Death is separation. Remember the prodigal son who took everything he could get, went off, wasted it, comes back to his right mind, heads home. His daddy sees him from afar off. He says, give me a coat, give me a ring, kill the fatted calf, for this is my son who was dead and is alive again. Well, obviously he wasn't dead, but he was separated. You know what? There's a way that seems right to you, but it's going to separate you from the production of God's promise in your life. You got your way. See, you, you, you even have a promise. You got a little dream, a little vision, a prophetic word was uttered over you. You latched onto it, but then you applied your way. You're so focused on the way that you never see the end. You don't need to focus on the way. You need to focus on the end. There's a way that seems right, but it's going to separate you from the end. The ends thereof. So get focused on the end. What is the promise? Okay, God, you gave me a promise. Now, which way should I go? How do you want me to produce this? What step do you want me to take? How would you like me to say it? Who, who should I say it to? I don't want to do this my way because my way is going to separate me from what the end that you promised me. You declared the end, the, the end at the beginning, so I want the end now. So which way should I go about this? Do you want me to be creative and speak to it? Do you want me to go ahead and allow myself to be broken so it can be produced? What, 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 do you, what is your way, God? Show me your way. You want victory? You're probably going to have to get in trouble. You want multiplication? You're probably going to have to be broken. You want life? You're probably going to have to speak to the death and change it. You're probably going to have to use the power that God's put inside of you to produce a change so that you can have what God said you could have. Probably what you're going to have to do is live by faith. Faith is not believing regardless of circumstances. It is obeying regardless of consequence. You're probably going to have to trust God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. So, in other words, to please Him, you have to believe Him. To believe Him, you probably should find out what He said. So you need to study. You need to know the Word of God. Romans 10.17, Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You, you know what? Get into the Word of God. Man, Turn off the radio, turn off the TV, put in some teaching tapes and get the Word of God sewn into your body. Get, get out that book and start reading. Whether you're getting it or not, just keep reading. Go to the book of John and read that one. Read, read Ephesians. Go to Philippians. Uh, you know, just read, read, read. Get in the Word of God. If you don't know, if you can't find the answer in the book, call Marty. 
day or night, any hour. He'll answer your call and tell you everything you need to know. His number will be on the screen in just a moment. And you, you'll have breakthrough. Do what it takes to make a difference. Refuse. Refuse to stay in the ditch you're in. Pull yourself out. Get in the Word of God. Be a different thinker, and you'll have a different lifestyle to demonstrate Satan's defeat, God's victory. You're on the top. You're on your way over. You're going to make it, and I am a living example of who God says I am. That's what you want to be, isn't it? Don't you want to be a living example of who God says you are? Then be a student of His Word. Get in there and realize that when God looks at you, He sees a heavyweight champion, a title belt holder. And when you got the title, don't be surprised that they line up to get in the ring. Yeah, of course they're coming. They want your title, but you're going to win. You're going to make it. You're going over. you got victory. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got the power. Amen. Close your book. Bow your head. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have given us power. I thank you, Lord, that we have victory. When we go to your word, lights come on. We can see some things we couldn't see before. Father, I love your word. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, hidden things, secret things, fits in things, things you couldn't possibly have known. God's saying, I want to show them to you. Father, enlighten us with revelation. 